welcome back to another episode of Mobile Home and RV Park Minute. I'm your host, Tyson Cross. This is the show where we talk about everything mobile home park and RV park related. Tim Steele is my guest again. Welcome, Tim. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. And Yep, you got it. Tim and I are business partners in this series that we're doing. Uh, this will be the third episode, but this series that we're doing is really a series on a case study. It's an RV park with a motel that Tim and I bought last year. And we are going through A to Z, what it took to buy, how we did it, why we did it, what we like about it, and some other things that maybe hopefully you'll find interesting and helpful. So if you haven't listened to the, the previous episodes, go back and do that or don't. But this one is, we're going to really jump into the financing side on this deal or on this particular episode <laughs> because Tim's background being a mortgage broker, he is the financing or debt expert, if you will. But this one, one of the reasons why we went after the RV park was because of the SBA financing. Yes. Which is what we got on this deal. However, before we jump into it, know that SBA financing, it's not easy. Even if you are seasoned, I presume it's a lot easier if you, if you are seasoned. I don't SBA. know, man. <laughs> SBA. <laughs> I think seasoned people so, might be smart enough not to deal with that long of a close, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, right. So, Tim, I'm going to kind of turn this one over to you. Um, we can start wherever you'd like, but, I mean, probably makes sense to go from the beginning when we really knew we wanted to go after the SBA financing. So, Yes. Tell us how this all played out and uh, take it away. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Ty. Um, so I'll first say, since you have a mixed audience uh, from, you know, buying it as an invest investment deal versus buying it as a business deal, and that's your delineation between, you know, a conventional bank and then maybe an SBA loan. Um, you know, these RV parks historically – in general are just like what mobile home parks were back in the day. A lot of them transacted on seller carry notes and they still do. And those are still good deals, by the way. Uh, and if you do get a bank to get on board without the SBA, you're going to be on shorter amortizations because these really are land loans in the bank size, right? Credit unions, banks, doesn't matter. So for us, we wanted the blend of, you know, two things. We wanted an amortization that made sense for us to actually make money and run this properly. So in the case of our deal, we wanted a 25-year AM. The SBA does not do a 30-year amortization, FYI. I know a lot of people are used to that on your mobile home communities and such. And with the SBA specifically, it's uh, telling them that we're while we have real estate as collateral, we're running a business. And, and the SBA, the Small Business Administration, they absolutely love investing in you know small businesses they want, you know, that you're going to hire people and those people are going to spend the money you give them. And it just kind of keeps the economy going around. They do not want to help investors get rich. And I know that sounds weird because we're being investors, but uh, and I'll get into that a little bit later in the episode if needed. But specific to our deal in the SBA, <clears throat> it's also worth mentioning that the Small Business Administration is not a lender. Right. Um, and a good example, I tell my clients anytime you know, they do an SBA loan RV park or not, is it's like the FHA when you buy a first-time home, right? They're allowing you to get in with less down, in this case, 10% down. They're taking a risk on higher leverage and believing in your business model the same way you would buy a house and they believe in your ability to continue making income as, you know, W-2, self-employed, whatever. So with that said, 
we can't just send them a rent roll for the RV park and say, give us 90% leverage, right? So, um, but back to the SBA not being a lender, there's lenders in the country that still have to default to their credit policies, even if they're an SBA approved lender. And what I mean by that is, while I'm a mortgage broker, knew all the lenders in the Northwest, no lender from the Northwest would touch this deal at 90% leverage. And so um, we found an SBA lender in the Midwest that on a conventional basis, their whole business model is built around RV lending. Whether it's on the RVs, the RV parks themselves, they absolutely love them. And we couldn't have done that without some help, right? Uh, full disclosure, Tyson knew someone else from the East Coast that knew this lender, and uh, she helped us get in, introduced to them, and that's, you know, how it goes. But I think a lot of people in, in your audience, and this is a conversation I have all the time, the SBA is not a lender. You're still dealing with the lender when you get an SBA loan, and I think the common misconception is, well, the SBA guarantees the lender against default, so what's the problem? I have a business. I'm strong. Can we close this quickly? And the SBA is, uh, you know, they're guaranteeing 75 cents on the dollar. So in our case, say borrow a million dollars, the lender's still on the hook for 250,000 bucks. But regardless, you have to follow a lender's, you know, credit policy. So wherever your clients might bank, they might offer SBA financing. And the second you tell them an RV park, they go, oh, no, we're not interested. That's a specialty product or that's a high risk asset, whatever. So for us getting the SBA on board was really getting a lender on board that understood RV parks who were then approved by the SBA to give us leverage at 90%. And that's what took seven months. <laughs> well, that was uh, a very granular detailed explanation, which is awesome. And yeah. Tim's, that's why Tim's so good. He, he, he just knows what's going on. And frankly, like, I would have been banging my head against the wall had you not been around. I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> but I mean, going back to the basics, the original, originally that's why we were stoked, right? I mean, if you can get 90% leverage on a deal with the caveat that it has to make sense, yeah. right? The investor out there, when you look at a loan, commercial property, you really want to look at like the debt cover, right? So debt coverage, um, debt coverage ratio service. And basically what you're what you're looking at is after all income and expenses, which is your net operating income, how much is left to pay this or service the debt, right? right? With the terms that you're actually provided. Right. And that's a big piece. So, you know, you can't just go get 90% leverage on any deal. A lot of people who um, who've never bought commercial real estate don't, you know, that's new because residential is not necessarily built on that, those premises. Right. Um, so I think that's important to note, but yeah, I mean, anytime you can get higher leverage in a deal that works, that's, that's enticing. Well, and let me expand really quick on, it's a really good point. They didn't just look at Tyson and Tim and say, oh, we really like these guys and they're going to do everything they can to make sure we're paid. Here's 90% leverage. It wasn't quite like a home underwrite that way, but it still was a consideration, but I, I'll just elaborate what I tell clients as well, whether they're buying an RV park as an investment and having long-term, or they do want to seek the SBA and get the low down payment. That debt coverage ratio, especially for your newbie uh, investors, whatever the capitalization rate is for any given property that you're being marketed, so long that is at least a good one and a half to 2% higher than the going interest rate that you're being quoted for that asset, 
you're, you're likely going to be able to get the leverage you seek. And that's just what I tell people to keep in mind is they're on the keyboard, they're working with their broker. I mean, you, you agents have a good way of educating your buyers, but you know, if you're going to go you know, just kind of peruse the internet and see what's going on out there, um, you want to see that cap rate is healthier than the going interest rate. And obviously, you know, that's all subjective to each deal, but to your point, yes, that, that worked all day on our property. And so it made it a little bit easier on the math. Yeah. And I might've, I might've said that incorrectly. It's, it's D S C R. So debt service coverage ratio. Mm -hmm. Did you say one and a half? You know, yeah. I mean, one and a half like will get you there with, with 25, 30% down. So for example, if you see an RV park, that's a seven cap, pretty healthy. Yeah. You get an RV park with a seven cap and you could borrow four and a half percent money to buy it. There, it'd be hard for the lender to say they can't give you their max credit policy uh, loan to value, whether that's 70%, 75%. And in the case with the SBA, you know, we we're paying five and a half percent interest rate, you know, full disclosure, which is incredible for 90%. Um, yeah, that left a lot of room for us again to make rookie mistakes without, you know, affecting our ability to pay back the lender. And that's all they care about. You know, um, just to remind your audience, banks, credit unions, lenders, it doesn't matter. Even the sellers, if they do a seller carry, you guys all know this, they care about cash flow and risk. They get no upside in what you try to sell them on. So if you get in front of these properties, maybe you find an RV park that had a 40 year owner that hasn't raised rents in many years, and you're really trying to convince a lender, hey, we're gonna be able to come in and do this, this and that's all great. Tell the lender how they're gonna get paid back. That's what they wanna hear. Cause they don't get the upside if you create a million dollars equity in a couple of years. You go sell it, you're not going to give the lender half the equity you earned. It's all about cash flow. Yeah, like on that point, they want to see worst case scenario. They don't care about the best case. They're like, okay, cool. But like, tell us what the worst case looks like yes. so that we can get comfortable with that. Because if we're comfortable with the worst case scenario, we're going to lend on the deal. And that's how lenders look at it, right? I mean, that's a really interesting way to think about it. And I think even I didn't think about it that way before, but if you think about it that way, uh, that's going to help you when you're talking to a lender. Yeah. So. And every lender I know, they love when someone's excited because then that means they know you're paying attention. But if you're trying to sell them on believing in your business, SBA or not, because you have grandiose plans, uh, sure, you can go find financing, but you're going to be paying those hard money rates because then, you know, risk has to has to follow reward. So there you go. So Tim, on the interest rate that we got five and a half percent, do you think that that is standard because of the SBA or is there potential, depending on the asset and the location for you or for anybody to get a lower interest rate? I mean, like how low do you think you could get on an SBA loan? And you don't know it, but you just asked a really loaded question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I don't, we only have like, we try to keep these 20 minutes. Yeah. So, so no, it's a really good, it's a good segue. So, um, there's two different programs with the SBA. Yeah, there's two different programs with the SBA. There might be people listening to this who want to invest in an RV park that already have gone through the SBA for a business they run that's different than an RV park. There are two yeah. different programs with the SBA. Um, one of them is called the 7A. They can lend up to $5 million and that's it. That 7A program can go to 90% leverage like we did. We did the 7A program, 5.5% today as of August 20th, 2021 is a normal interest rate for that program. Um, and then there's the 504 program through the SBA. And what that means is the lender's risk is only 50% of the total loan amount. And then 
35 to 40 percent of the risk is secured by a bond off this uh, Wall Street, off secondary market, and then your 10 to 50 percent down is from you. Those interest rates blend to, as of today, three and a half percent. So it is very different. But those two different programs, the 504 going up to 15 million, they both have their pros and cons. However, for your audience, buying an RV park that can qualify for SBA financing is still deemed a special purpose asset versus a general purpose asset. So a mobile home community, apartment building, an industrial building you run your business out of, those are all kind of general purpose. RV parks, uh, self-storage facilities, uh, car washes, marinas, things like that, the SBA deems special purpose. And the reason being is if they ever take it back upon default, that is your only buyer for those, okay? So with that, you're likely gonna be put into five or the 7A program. And as of today, the 7A program, if you can get below 5%, you know somebody on the board, <laughs> to be honest. So, uh, but at 90% leverage, man, five and a half percent is incredible. Yeah. So let's go back to this deal. Why was it so hard? What did we do that maybe, or what were some of the reasons why getting an SBA loan could be challenging for a new first time buyer? Uh, the easy answer is um, staying in it, being patient, knowing that all your work for months with no guarantees is going to actually work out. Um, and then a business plan. You have to present, I mean, we've all sat in our first big job interview and then the second time in our lives, hopefully most people listening, you, you know, you did your career interview and then you went self-employed maybe. Uh, that's kind of the same feeling. You have to go into the SBA and present yourselves. You can't just, again, give them a P&L, a rent roll and say, hey, this thing cash flows, we're going to come in and, you know, just give us some money and trust us. Here's our tax returns. Here's our personal financial statement, our strength and all that. You have to show them a business plan. How many employees do you plan on hiring? You know, how will this business benefit the community? So for you and I, we learned really quickly, we had to outsource this and we hired a third party company out of Portland that specialized in getting our plans and putting it into a template that the SBA really likes. And you know, that report costs money. So I would encourage your listeners that if you need help with a business plan, and really presentation of that business plan, hiring that out is, I think was one of our game changers and ability to get this step. Yeah, so business plan was key and it was a professional business plan that they do specifically for SBA financing. I guess we had to kind of edit it a few times because, you know, I think there were things that maybe we didn't agree with or we thought would be different, but ultimately I think that was huge. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, the SBA wants, when they're financing, in this case, an RV park, they're going to look for experience <clears throat> from the operators. Correct. So talk about that. Yeah. Great point. Um, the SBA for any loan requires two years of proven experience for that business that you're buying. And in this case, you and I had not owned an RV park before. However, with your experience selling RV parks and my experience financing them, and this truly being a business that we want to we want to get into and grow and continue utilizing the SBA to buy another and another and, you know, add employment, all the goods that they love to hear. We got, we got lucky. I mean, really our, our experience um, in those two avenues uh, kind of over. Yeah. It, what is the exception? What's the word? Uh, they went ahead and said, okay, we got our two years experience. So. 
Yeah, I think our both our <clears throat> the fact that we're both in this industry, we've been in it for a long time. We understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some mobile home parks under our belt. Uh, we have a third partner too that that had some really good sort of uh, business experience as well. And I think all of that got put into the business plan. And so the SBA is really going to look at that stuff. They're going to weigh that heavily because, again, they're they're basically giving the approval to fund a small business. And unless you, you know, unless you've got some kind of business acumen, I think it's going to be challenging to get that. Yes. Uh, but you can always, there's ways of, of sort of persuading that or making it sound a little bit better than it is and to work in your favor. So keep that in mind. I mean, this is not a process like a conventional loan process. Well, it's just it, not. It, it's not a traditional purchase and sale agreement process. You yeah. do have to break out the business value versus right. the real estate value. So, you know, that's another thing we had to do. And uh, while they want most of the value to be in real estate for the SBA to be on board and, you know, guarantee the debt, they have to know there's a business component attached to it. So there is there is that as well. And we had to change that last minute via addendum to the purchase sale agreement. So, uh, but back to your point about, you know, the SBA and wanting to see the two years experience, I will say to, as I said in the previous episode, the reason why it took us seven months to close was just, you had to stay open-minded to it. We were told we can close in 90 days. Um, we got to, which would have been the end of September, 2020. And, uh, we got to the end of September and we got approved by the bank. Cause remember earlier, I said, the SBA is not a lender. The bank is going to fund the full 90%. And then 90 days after close, they will then have the, what they call the debenture money coming back to them, or at least the guarantee for them to feel comfortable upon default they're covered. So they're at risk for that 90 days post close conventionally, right? Um, the SBA has two different programs, and I'm just going to get into this detail. Call me if you have a park, if you need help with this loan. But for us, what we didn't know was while the bank was on board, the very last approver signature said, you know, we're not going to submit this as a preferred lending provider where they're confident they'll have the SBA sign off on it. And that's what we that's what we were trying to achieve. They then sent it to the SBA as at what they refer to as a general practice And it meant that we were starting at day one all over again. And even though we had bank approval, if the SBA said no, then we were out of luck. Thankfully, the SBA said yes, but it took another 60 days for that to happen. And therefore we had a seven month close. So kind of on the previous episode, we talked about the seller becoming impatient and, you know, even some stuff we'll get into later about why the deal almost blew up. That was part of it. You know, we were telling him we were going to close in 90 days the whole time. And then last minute, we got the rug pulled out from under us and not in a bad way. They just, you know, wanted to make sure they being the lender that they weren't going to be holding on to 90% debt without a guarantee from the SBA. So um, if you don't have experience specific to the industry, but you do have some type of experience like Tyson, you and I do with selling and financing it, be open-minded to a longer close. So that would be some advice I'd give to chatting with your sellers that it's, it's a possibility we get pushed out a couple months and it has nothing to do with the property. Yeah. Tell the sellers that yeah. ahead of time yeah. uh, because you will run into issues. Certainly don't want to waste your time and money. So uh, lastly, before we go, why don't you just tell everyone what, what the loan terms are that we have for this particular property and uh Maybe that way everyone will understand what we're, what we're working with here. Sure. 
Um, we have, again, 90% loan. Uh, the nice thing about the SBA is it's 90% of your costs. Unlike most commercial loans, what that means is it's your purchase price plus all your third-party costs are actually wrapped into the financing. It's one of the only commercial loans where you can wrap into the financing. So we bought the property in business for a million four thirty, and our total costs, guarantee fees, third parties, all that brought a total to a million and a half. And we only had to come up with 10% down of a million and a half. And it's absolutely incredible. So um, with that, that's a benefit. The second thing is we got a 5.5% interest rate. That interest rate is not locked. It's, it's an adjustable rate mortgage. So every three months, our interest rate will change. And of course, it's tied with an index and a margin. And every, I could tell you, we've had it for almost, what, eight months now? And our last eight months payments have been the same. Our interest rate has not gone up. So uh, you're not gonna get fixed rate loans, but it's good for five years. And then uh, actually it's good for 25 years. I take that back. We have a prepayment penalty of uh, for three years. And then thereafter we can go refinance, do whatever we want without penalties. So um, pretty straightforward stuff. It's just, you know, people listening all want the 10 and 30 or whatever year fix. You're not gonna get that on the SBA. Because of the risk of 90%, they wanna keep their profitability fluid. And therefore you have the adjustable rate mortgage versus a fixed rate. The 25 year amortization. Correct. The prepay is a five three one step down. Yeah, five percent so if we paid of the outstanding balance we paid off this year. Three percent if we paid off next year, and one percent if we paid mm -hmm. off in year three. And and listen, guys, you're probably thinking, "Wow, that's going to be great." Wait till the fourth year. No, we'll pay the one percent prepay after two years of proven P and Ls because, I mean, we got in it for ten percent, and one percent of, you know, our outstanding balance is nothing to be able to do a refinance. But yeah, real real liberal terms considering the uh, amount of leverage. Yeah, crazy. So anybody listening, that that probably gets you a little bit excited. Again, it has to work from a from a deal by deal standpoint, but listen, if you find the right deal and, and it's, now by the way, it has to be 51% transient. So this is not gonna work on a, right. on a long-term RV, but if you have a transient RV park, I would absolutely encourage the exploration of SBA financing because it can be a tremendous a tremendous tool to get into these types of parks. Yeah, so. that's a great point. And just to hit reverse on that and just to add to it, our properties, 80 RV spaces with a 12 unit motel. So technically 92 in the SBA's eyes. We know the motel is going to run transient on a nightly, but we can't just have 80 long-term tenants and the motel and the SBA is going to be happy on our covenants every year. So yes, 51% of the 80 spaces, or excuse me, 51% of the total of 92 spaces need to be transient. So we will not be able to run our RV park 100% uh, long-term, at least not yet. But that'll be another episode I think we're gonna talk about where, you know, how do you track all that income? But yes, 51% or the SBA is a no-go. Yep, big, big piece of it. So, hey, thanks a lot, Tim. I hope you guys, found some value out of that. Uh, really interesting stuff. Again, reach out to Tim if you have questions specifically on that. And if you're looking to finance an RV park, I mean, call him up because he can, we have some really, really good debt too, just on long-term yes. RV stuff too. So um, anyway, thanks Tim. And uh, thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Take Tyson. care. Bye.